Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. This is where you say Mike dropped and walk off. Um, amazing job, guys. Testimonies, music, um, this entire service has been awesome. If you will go with me to Hebrews 13, and we are going to be focusing in on verses 1 through 8. I recently have tried my hand at Frisbee golf, disc golf, if you are truly a disc golfer. Um, pretty fun time. There, if you want to come and play, come and talk to me. There's a few of us that have played. Turkey Hill Park has an amazing 18 holes. It's a nice, beautiful walk. Carrie's been on a walk with us. Um, but it's, it's a great time. But it's frustrating. Um, not only do you just throw a regular Frisbee, you throw these weighted, smaller, well-designed discs. Um, and there are easily 70 different variations of weight, um, fade, uh, cuts, the float, everything. Um, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, I would like to be good. I would like to go out with some guys and be the best out there out of everyone. You know, no one likes to lose at anything that you do, and especially golf. Regular golfers, right? Do you not want to have the best score? Um, and, and of course, you know, I picked up a couple of discs to try to improve my game. Um, but if someone came to me and said, look, Randy, I have this disc for you. Uh, I want you to consider using that is the best. Uh, you throw it and it is tried and true. Uh, it'll go where you didn't mean it to go if you're off. Like it'll, it'll adjust itself back on course. Um, I would love that thing. I mean, I would order that immediately. And let's say I go on eBay, or no, let's go Amazon. eBay has really messed me up at the last couple of times. Uh, let's go Amazon. I get that thing in the mail, shows up on my front porch, and I leave it there. I might bring it in. Uh, you know, I don't want it out where the neighbor kids could get at it, but what good is that disc going to do me in that box? Uh, just sitting there. I, could, I might could pull it out and observe how beautiful it is. You know, I might need to get a neon green one because you can get lost in a shrubbery real easy. Um, but not this one because it's tried and true. But what good is that disc going to do me if I'm going to attempt to better my game at disc golf if I don't ever use it? What good is our faith if we have learned throughout all of Hebrews how amazing this faith in Jesus Christ is, how amazing Jesus Christ is, and we don't use it? What good is faith without action? Uh, what good is it when scripture says to be doers of the word and not just hearers only? Um, we've got to do something with what we, are, what we are receiving from Jesus Christ. What we are gathering in this time together of worship and praise that blew my heart open this morning. Um, God is an amazing God. He has so much planned for us. But it doesn't do us any good to sit and just enjoy and then walk out of this, these walls and do nothing with our faith. And that's where 13 comes in. Um, there's been this amazing buildup throughout Hebrews of, 
of who Jesus is. And the writer is like, it's pretty obvious Jesus is better than the angels. He's better than any offering or hope that the Mosaic law would bring. Uh, the, the, a better high priest, a better sacrifice for our sins uh, than a bull or goat. By the way, I still want that shirt, Randy. Um, Jesus is superior to anything, anyone, any thought, any religion, anything. There is nothing better. And the writer's like, guys, how many times do I need to tell you Jesus Christ is best? There is no other way. There is no other life. There is no other hope than Jesus Christ. And let, I mean, it's right here. Like, and he's, he's trying to explain uh, to these uh, Jewish Christians that this, he is the only way. Uh, and, and a number of times throughout Hebrews, he's saying, consider Jesus. Um, take of what I have told you and explore Jesus. Contemplate, examine him, look at and study Jesus. Inspect and reason, speculate, chew on, mull over, take into account all that I have told you about Jesus the very best, our Savior, God's Son. Where else is there to go? What other, what other place do you need to go? What other disc, Randy, should you use in disc golf? But the very best. We are giving you the very best of who God is, of what he has given us in the Son, Jesus Christ, his shed blood that has given us salvation, who has freed us from all of our sins, broken the chains, there is nothing better. So what's there to get or to not understand? What is there to not grasp a hold of? How is it not so black and white obvious? But here we are, even today going, well, I understand. I get it that Jesus is the best. Um, he's got the best plan for my life, best will. You know, I, I realize I won't see everything as it comes around the corner, but if I put all my faith and trust in God, I will be okay. But I blow it all the time. Because guess what I do? Pull out my old reliable disc that I've tried before. And how many times have we chosen to do some things that we've done in the past, thinking, well, it worked before. I'm going to try it again. You know, God, I've got this. I don't need the extra help. You know, I, I know how to handle this parenting situation. I know to handle, how to handle my coworkers once in a while. Um, just kidding, Debbie, I love you, you know that. I wasn't about to look over that way. Um, but so many times, if we know that we have the very best available to us, why do we continue to kind of go back? And it was true with the Christians at this time that we're used to the synagogue, we're used to the Mosaic law of, you know, a little bit, there's some good rules to follow and I just kind of keep my nose clean then I'm good, not this radical faith thing with Jesus. Um, it's not the common thing to do. Why in the world would I follow this Jesus person, this claim to Messiah that is gonna uh, completely obliterate what my life is to be this radical Christian for him? Um, let I, let's go back to the norm. I'm with Jacob. Let's go back to consistency. You know, same lunches, same routines. You know, let's do this with a, without a lot of risk. But that's not what our Jesus came for. That is not what our life is meant to be. 
Um, Jesus has called us to a radical life, a life that is very different than what we think should be, Um, because God's plans are way better than our plans, um, and so much higher. So consider Jesus. Consider this faith. Consider putting your faith in Jesus. Uh, And we looked at chapter 11 with all uh, the people that put Jesus or their faith in Jesus. Um, All of their their person, all of who they were into uh, Jesus Christ. And the very awesome thing about faith in Jesus is that we don't have to get all these little pieces together of a puzzle and, and finally have a complete faith. We don't have to memorize a certain amount of scripture. We don't need to read through the Bible 27 times um, within five years to attain this perfect faith. We don't have to attend a certain number of religious ceremonies. You know, hit, hit that 65% attendance rate for 2015. That's not what it is. The beauty of it is Jesus Christ gives, is the author and perfecter of our faith. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that faith that we have is 100% completely fulfilled, full access to God, full access to the Holy Spirit, full access to all that Christ was. We have unlimited access to God when we put our faith in Him. We get the entire package. And how awesome is that? Uh, that we, we don't have to work up you know, to level 15 to get a little glimpse of what this faith tastes like. Um, we get the full package from the start as we accept him as our Lord and Savior. And it's a radical faith. It is something that will blow our lives completely upside down and blow our minds with the plans that he has for us. If you're a Christian, think back to 10 years ago where you were and see where you are now. Uh, and, and think of how freaked out you might have been 10 years ago if God said, hey, you're going to be here right now. Um, it's amazing. And God is amazing. So let's stay persistent. Let's pursue God. Let's persevere through everything that we have, knowing that Jesus Christ is the very best, that we need to put our faith in him. So all of that build up to land us on chapter 13. And it was an amazing list. The last couple of weeks, I've been kind of, you know, pacing out where I thought pastor was going to be because this Sunday is not only youth graduate Sunday, which I always preach. It's also fifth Sunday. And I'm like, and I love coming in with pastor on whatever book that he's working on. And I'm like, man, 13 looks awesome. There's this whole checklist of some great things that our graduates need, our youth need, I need, um, all of us need. So I'm like, please, please, please. So he was gracious enough to, to let, me, let me do uh, 13. So all this to say that the writer of Hebrews has built up who Christ is the very best, put our faith in him, now what? We need to put action to this faith. This faith that lives inside of us is not just our nice comfy seat, you know, on the train bound for glory, uh, and we just wait till the day we die. No, there is some some business that God has in store for us. Uh, There are some things that he wants to accomplish in our lives now because of our faith in him. And so this list starts off with, and we'll go 13.1. 
uh, to let brotherly love continue. Now this seems pretty basic, pretty easy. Um, it's, there's a reason it's number one on the list, I think, is because none of the rest of the, of the list matters without love. Uh, you cannot love your brother and do much of anything else on this list. Um, it truly starts with loving one another, realizing that Christ has given us his love, that he loves us as his brother, that we need to turn around and love others as our brother. And we can do some amazing things, but without love, it's nothing. First Corinthians 13, I can speak of the tongues of men and angels and have not love, and I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and even understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Um, and so love is key. And it's easy. It's kind of easy to love your brothers, um, your fellow Christians. Sometimes, you know, it, it can be a little, little bit of a struggle. But usually... It, a church of, of like faith and like mind together, worshiping together, most of the time we get along, you know, and, and have some great time of worship and Bible study and fellowship and, and doing missions together. So that's a little bit easier. Um, but then, of course, it gets a little, a little more difficult. Uh, verse 2 talks about, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. All right, I can love my brother is one thing, but now I've got to be hospitable to strangers um, and, and possibly, you know, house them. Uh, back then, there were a lot of traveling Christians that would come through, um, and for times of worship, there, or there would be times that they would need to be housed. So you might house a complete stranger uh, to be, you know, a fellow Christian, to stay in your house and, and to put them up. And so that's maybe even a little bit easier. It's, it could be awkward if you, you know, don't really know them. I don't know how many of us would entertain strangers in our home now. Um, but it's been done. And even the picture of entertaining angels unawares, that we may not even know that it could be an angel, uh, that we are, we are truly uh, helping out or being... Um, or giving a hand to. Uh, I had a lady a few days ago that was asking for money at the gas station, and I gave her whatever cash I had. Um, and, and who knows if that was an angel or not. Um, but here's a person in need, and I had an opportunity to help. But there's been a lot of times that I've, like, scurried to my car because I knew what was coming. I knew who was coming. You know, and that's... Obviously not a great thing to admit, but I will. Um, but it takes, there's a risk to being hospitable, especially to strangers. There's a risk to helping people out that you may not know. Um, but again, this radical faith isn't going to be risk-free. There's going to be some sacrifice that we have to give as Christians. So loving your brother is one thing, loving and being hospitable to strangers and now it continues to get more difficult. Uh, remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them. And these are, are Christians, fellow believers that might have ended up in jail. Um, and how many times it, would it be so easy just to write them off? You know, wow, they really blew it. 
you know, we're not going to see them for a while. And then we just cut them off and go, out of, go about our business. But he's saying, no, you've got to understand, you've got to be sympathetic to what they are going through. Um, even though guilty, they are still needy and lonely and frustrated uh, with the situation that they have allowed themselves to be in. Um, we've got to understand that we've got to put ourselves in others' uh, shoes. Whether it's something that is, is something that we never hope to be in prison or never hope to be in a situation that we don't want to deal with. But he's saying, no, look, if, if Jesus who loved us and went through all that he did is able to love us, how can we not turn and even show a little bit of love to our, our brothers, our sisters in Christ, no matter what situation that they're in? And then going on to a more even, an even more difficult level of even those who are mistreated, since you also are, also are in the body. We don't need to be the guy, the priest that walks on the other side of the road. Um, as the person gets robbed and is left on the side. Uh, we, he, we are being called to be the Good Samaritan, to go to get our hands dirty. And the Good Samaritan didn't just throw a couple of bandages on, make sure they were okay, and then leave. Do you remember? He took and fed him, got him food, got him a hotel room. The Good Samaritan's life was, was interrupted. Um, he is invested now in this person. And how many times do we see someone that's being mistreated thinking, man, I really want to help, but if I do, I'm going to be up to my elbows in this situation, and it could be dragged on for years, uh, decades. You know, do I really want to get invested in this person? And so it continues to show us in these first few verses how much love is required of us when we have our full faith invested in Jesus Christ. Um, and it is through his power that we can accomplish all of this and understanding that we are called to love. We are called to love each other. We are called to love strangers. We are called to love those who are in need. First Corinthians twelve twenty six says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And it's not going to be easy. So here's our first, our first set of, of brotherly love and taking care of one another. Uh, and then we shift gears a little bit and go right to sex and money. Um, and looking at verse 4, and this is a great list, by the way. We could spend weeks on, on each of these bullet points as sermons. Um, but like I said, especially for our graduates and for all of us. Let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. It is saying, keep the marriage honorable. Um, the sanctity of marriage needs to be pure. It needs to be held in high regard. Um, the biblical marriage of a husband and wife married together. And culture is wanting to twist that and shift that definition and be all-inclusive. Um, but we need to understand that marriage truly is something of importance that we as Christians need to help hold up high in all of that. It needs to be a priority. 
Uh, for those of you, especially my graduates, if you aren't married, if you're engaged or dating or just friends, stay pure. Don't have sex before marriage. Don't even get close to having sex before marriage. It will get you in trouble. Um, protect your mind from the internet. It blows me away how complete access there is um, on the internet to things that should not be seen or, or watched or, or even talked about um, dealing with sex and, and having sex before marriage. Protect yourselves from that. That also goes for us married people. If you're married, even for a week or a year or five years, Carrie and I have our 25th coming up this year. My parents have their 50th coming up this year. Um, stay faithful. Protect your emotions from outside relationships. Protect your mind from the internet. Um, people realize that purity doesn't just happen until the day you're married. There needs to be a pureness in your marriage all the way through. There needs to be a sanctity and a, a, a holding high honor to your spouse in a marriage and realizing that you need to stay faithful and stay um, in a place of honor in that relationship and realizing that it is of most importance for your kids to see, for those around you to see. So stay faithful, protect the honor of marriage in your life. And then protect your craving for money. Uh, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? How much is a man worth? If I was to ask you, what is a man worth? What makes a man worthy? It's not finances. It's not how much they have acquired. It is their heart. It is their character. It is who they are without things. Uh, the worth of a man is how much he is in love with Jesus Christ. How much he has put his faith completely in him. It is not on all this thing, all the, the accumulation of things. And the love of money is covetousness. And let me put it this way, greed will completely mess you up. Um, because being a greedy person, you, you continue to be greedy. You, you, you want a certain amount of money, you acquire that, and you're like, well, let me get a little bit more. You know, you fill up your storehouses, they're not big enough, you destroy them, you build bigger ones. Um, that is what greed will do. But the opposite of that, and this is where the second part of five and then six comes in. This, the opposite of covetousness is contentment. We don't need to long for material things and allow them to control our lives. And this can be wrapped back up in verse four uh, with marriage and sexual, sexually immoral and adulterous lifestyles. We can be content with what we have because God will provide our every need. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will help us and have, and we have absolutely nothing to fear. And it's so much greater than, than sex or money with this. There is nothing in this world. We've already talked about how amazing Jesus is. There, there is none uh, better. Uh, there is no thing that will take away that relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. 
um, and knowing that we have nothing to fear because he is on our side and he is our helper. And then we will close with remembering your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The beauty of that picture is that God is doing amazing things now. But if you look back to the God of the Bible and all that he was doing with, with the, the people and personalities of scripture, then you move into the early church and some church leaders throughout history. And then you get to our group now. Um, there are some people, especially my graduates and youth, there are some people in this room right now that you need to pay attention to because they love, they love Jesus. Um, they are anchored in Jesus. Their faith is in Jesus Christ. And there's going to be future generations that come that you are going to be an example for. So the same God that did amazing things in scripture, the same God that did amazing things throughout history of the church, the same God that is doing amazing things now is the same God that wants to do amazing things in your life for all of us. Hold on to Jesus. Consider Jesus in all that we do. And it's a daily process. Uh, we have put our faith in him when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, but we have full access to God now. Um, and we're ready to go. But it's up to us to, to push away uh, our selfish desires, push away the sin in our life, and hold fast to Jesus, to Jesus Christ and to realize how great he is that he is better than anyone, better than anything, greater than any thought or religion or way of life. Um, and it's a journey. But surround yourselves with those who love Jesus. Um, pursue, the, pursue what Jesus is doing. Pursue him in your life. Be open to some radical changes uh, that might come. For our graduates who are starting a new chapter, for our mature Christians and mature adults that are settled into retirement, uh, to our young children, uh, there is so much more to experience God with. There is not, there's not a retirement plan in our, in our relationship with God. Uh, we don't get that until we get to heaven. Um, God still wants to use you now. Um, and there are some amazing things. So consider Jesus. Um, put your faith in him. Take a look at these opportunities that we have throughout our, our day and our week. Our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, everyone around us that desperately needs just a little bit of a taste of who Jesus is. And we have an opportunity and a privilege to show that um, as we continue to serve others around us. And we're going to close in prayer right now and go into a time of invitation. And if there is something that the Holy Spirit is working in your life, um, respond during this time. Listen to him uh, and pray for these, this time that we have together and some ways that we can continue to put action to our faith. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for the reminder of how much you truly love us. Father, that we have the greatest that we have access to. Uh, Father, that you have allowed access to yourself through your, your son, Jesus, and 
uh, his shed blood. Father, I pray that we continue to pursue you with all that we have and all that we are, that we continue uh, to live this life out of love and out of concern for others um, and out of glory for you, that we will continue to give you all the praise, honor, and glory in our life, and that we will leave this place changed uh, and that we will seek for different ways to serve you to other people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.